The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the Power of Water, Global Warming, and Environmental Changes, and Your Health. In other words, be proactive, learn more about what you can personally do about your health. I want to invite you to listen each week because I believe that this show will affect your health and your decisions to study more. That is what everyone needs to learn how to do. Study more every day about who you are, how, what makes you click, what's your rhythm, how are you going to live with this earth and be you. So when you get up in the morning and your feet touch the floor, begin a day for you. Earth does have a secret. Embrace your life that day, and Earth is whispering. Leave your footprints so that each day you know you're being healthier, uh, you're thinking healthy, you're vulnerable to anything that can make you feel better, not with anything other than healthy living, what makes you healthy. Uh, Of course, that's drinking a lot of water, and that sounds very... um, Boring sometimes to people. You're not a camel. You must drink a lot of water. The moment you were born, you entered in the air you breathe from a pocket of water. From that moment on, the air began a suction cup. No two eyes alike. No two complexions on the skin alike. No two fingerprints alike. In other words, you're that special individual dehydration all by itself. So you need to always replenish an enormous amount of water. And as we learned from one of our scientists on the show recently, live in the fluid of air. And the fluid of air must have moisture in the air for you to survive. So drink a lot of water, get a lot of sleep, eat correctly, think good thoughts, and live in the fluid of air. Today we're going to have a very exciting show with Dr. Richard Glow-Gow. And he's a graduate of Harvard Medical School, board-certified dermatologist. He is, is on, I've been reading about him, he is on the cutting edge of dermatology and cosmetic surgery and the treatment of skin cancer. As you all, many of you know, my listeners, and I'm the founder of Save a Child's Life Foundation to recognize melanoma in time as a child and education with children. So I, it's a very important part of my life, my research, is understanding the skin and what you must do every day to take better care of your skin and its functions. Our second guest is going to be Jerry Barnes, who is a global forest genetics expert. He is the owner of a Tree Improvement Enterprises, Incorporated. A topic today will be New Zealand and the tree propagation of the world's forests worldwide. 
And we're going to get ask Jerry about what he thinks about the global climate change and what is he noticing in the pine cone um, uh, research because that is his specialty is genetics. I want you to follow my show each week, the Sharon Klein Hour. Um, you can go to SharonKleinHour.com or follow me on Green Talk Radio on Twitter, twitter.com, asterisk, Sharon Klein Hour. Listen to me at World Talk Radio and Apple iTunes. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Dr. Glogau. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Today we have Dr. Richard Glogal with us, which I am very excited to have him here. I truly believe, after many years of study and research, that the human skin is vital to your health. Way understood, way under, uh, it is not educated enough. The area you're living in is a fluid of life if there's enough moisture, but indoor conditions, as far as I researched, is a pit. It is very, very, very dry. We all want to think that flying on a plane is dry, but every day you're living in an air conditioned uh, or forced air heating and cooling, but insulated windows and walls and all the chemistries that go with fabrics and more indoors. So I'm really anxious to learn a lot. Dr. Glogau, are you with us? I am, Sharon. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking time. Um, Your background is absolutely very, very, um, you've been very busy with your mission. And I can tell by reading about you, you do have a mission for people to learn more about their skin. Tell us a little bit about you and uh, how you got, why you became a dermatologist. (laughs) And maybe we'll encourage more people to do this. I'd love to, Sharon. We're a tiny part of the uh, specialties of organized medicine, but I, I happen to personally think it's one of the most interesting corners to, to work in. Well, it's a life and death corner. <laughs> well, it, you know, skin is really the boundary between you and the rest of the world, so okay. it, it's a very important part of uh, our universe, let's put it that way. Um, but I, I've been a dermatologist for about 35 years, and um, I've really enjoyed um, working in this field. And um, I'm, I'm grateful for any opportunity I have to talk to people about 
how to take care of their skin and, and mm-hmm. what their skin does in terms of function and, and mostly how to uh, protect it over a lifetime because it, it does have to last you a full lifetime. The one thing we need at, at the, with the show, uh, Doctor, if we could educate them, uh, it's a classroom, it's a laboratory, and we do have a lot of doctor's offices that tune us in to their people to listen uh, with the patients in the waiting rooms and more. Uh, what, can tell us how important the skin organ is to the life of the body. Well, it's it's largely, as I said, the boundary between your internal milieu and the rest of the universe outside, and it, it it's part of what very carefully regulates your degree of um, hydration. It basically prevents your insides from drying out, from evaporating, and it also uh, is protective. It tends to keep things. Uh, out of your internal environment, it's a it's a pretty good barrier at keeping unwanted things out. So nature provided us from that moment we entered in the air we breathe, from that pocket of water, a, like a dam, a barrier to protect us from the problems of the air, but also hold back uh, what is so important: all that hydration, the moisture level. Right. If you think of the um, ocean as sort of an example of a uh, a physiologic uh, saline solution which supports life and the creatures that uh, dwell in the ocean have a, an abundance of normal um, hydration around them, if you will, but once you come out and walk into the air, evaporation begins almost immediately. And the skin was really uh, designed to uh, hold that internal environment. Uh, we sort of bring our ocean with us, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can tell when someone is burned, for instance, uh, when the surface area of the skin becomes uh, injured, um, the skin immediately begins to allow uh, fluid to evaporate uh, from the uh, internal um, tissues. And um, one of the uh, consequences of that is the loss of um, control of uh, circulation and internal volume. Uh, people begin to go into shock. So if you mm-hmm. if you lose your skin's ability to hold water back, um, you, you rapidly. So we can also mention how important it is to be drinking water yes. every day. I Absolutely. hope that yeah, I know you support that. Uh, what about the toxin? If you're not drinking enough water. And the skin is uh, flushes as much as possible every day, uh, more than you flush the toilet. What happens if you don't drink enough water and the skin, there's a toxin? Um, and I'm going to wa- ask you a question coming that I know you'll be able to answer, but what happens to individuals if they're not taking good care of their skin, they're not drinking enough water? What happens to that toxin if you're not drinking enough water? Well, I think you can see um, as people um, become uh, older um, with um, lack of proper care of the skin, the skin begins to lose that ability to maintain its barrier function. Um, At the very uh, uh, small end, the skin becomes dry, rough, and irritated, uh, but it will actually become uh, inflamed, and we Mm -hmm. see... um, uh, senior citizens who really have a lot of difficulty with uh, persistent uh, itching and dryness of the skin because they've lost that uh, barrier function. And there are a lot of things that can uh, damage the barrier function, uh, including um, overbathing, overwashing, too many uh, harsh detergents, 
applied to the skin, too much mechanical scrubbing, and, uh, of course, our old um, friend ultraviolet light over a lifetime mm-hmm. has an adverse effect on the uh, skin as well. Now, when you mentioned over-bathing, over-showering, and what do you think about, and, of course, this is a research-like-a-lab education class, what do you think, and this is only theorizing, what is happening to all of those uh, bars of soap and liquid soaps that people love to see with the commercials that are lathering that soap on? I learned that it leaves a film if you don't rinse long enough. Yes, and uh, it's peculiar, Sharon, because I think some of it is cultural. Um, I don't know exactly where the concept of squeaky clean came from, but well, to um, smell good and walk out <laughs> and oh my, you know, the fragrance of that soap and 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 then the commercials are very inviting because yeah. they're lathering and and they're bubbling and then all of a sudden my concern has been uh, I have been trying to teach use a little bit put a little bit in your palm of your hand and make it go as far as you can because if you don't aren't careful it'll leave a film. Yeah, and I I think that's great advice because I, I see too many. Patients coming into the office who have skin which has been really overly irritated by uh, too many uh, soaps, too much um, washing and scrubbing, and oh, and then they have these new br- these brushes out to make you even feel we're going to exfoliate this, right? right. <laughs> and and you feel like oh my gosh, I have my own spa. I'm going to be absolutely perfect at how to do this. And uh, what what do you think about exfoliations with those brushes? Well, you know, my general rule of thumb is everything in moderation. I think a little bit um, you can get away with, but you you can abuse any of these things. And um, I think people who tend to be a little bit uh, more compulsive and perhaps a little bit too perfectionistic can get carried away, and Mm -hmm. they'll they'll actually produce a pathological state in the skin from uh, overly aggressively scrubbing it. When a person uses those brushes, how, should they, could they do it like once a week and be okay, or do you think more twice a week? Because exfoliation and getting the dry skin off, it, it, it does have some benefits. But how would you recommend it? Right. I, as a general rule, I tell people if you use an exfoliant to give your skin a couple days to bounce back before you pick it mm-hmm. up again. Mm-hmm. So as a general rule, start with uh, no more than twice a week and go from there. Oh, good. I'm glad I asked that. Now, we're going to go into some other things, but before I go into them, recommending drinking a ton of water for healthy skin, detoxification. But we're going to go, I'm going to save the skin cancer until last. Okay. Uh, It is something very important to my world that I'm in, doctor. Um, Many years ago, 30 years ago, I began to study about what was happening to stress. And I was concerned about a lot of people that were diagnosed with a terminal disease. They just, stress took them before anything. So I began to study what would be a way to relieve that. Well, I learned that the more you drink water, the more oxygen and circulation and detoxification. But then I also learned that the human skin is a very important factor on your stress. It's kind of like it, it tightens every time you get exhausted or stressed out or or you you're get very uh, under a lot of mental uh, anguish, uh, what's going on in your life, and having a hard time just dealing with mental problems, the skin gets tighter and tighter. Now, you, I'm just coming from my direction. Mm-hmm. Along the way, what I learned, doctor, is all of a sudden I fell into a subject years ago called air. 
And the air we're living in, especially indoors, is so dehydrating. And no two people dehydrating the same. Not everybody drinking enough water. And not every people able to probably they should be drinking, eating better foods. We're learning about greens, vegetables now, and fruits. But I found that they had never educated the skin enough. And I was so surprised. As I dove into hydration, dehydration, living in the air you breathe, and changes of the air, I determined that, uh, that skin cancer would eventually be the worst problem in the world. Uh, then I did begin to study a little more about the dermatology and education of the skin. I was very surprised there wasn't hardly any enough education about skin and the eyes, by the way. So tell, teach us today what you've been learning about what people need to learn about their skin, taking care of it daily, what they need to do, and then some of the cosmetic surgery that is offered. And then we'll go into the ending of the show with the concerns of what is happening with lack of education with skin cancer. Well, I think um, one thing that people usually don't understand well um, when it comes to taking care of your skin is uh, the role of moisturizers, and and particularly with your interest in water. Um, Most people think that moisturizers are a function of just putting water on the skin and then letting it soak in and off you go. But as you do get older and your skin loses its ability to, to regulate water, um, moisturizers are usually a mixture of, of oil and water. And the water uh, restores that normal feeling of um, smoothness and softness to the skin. But unless you have something to hold it there, um, evaporation sets yeah, it's in. Yeah, trap that moisture. It dries out. That's and right. And slow down your own moisture loss, the Correct. nature of the moisture loss of your body. Exactly. So uh, one of the tricks that um, you know works well for people is to hydrate their skin before they apply moisturizer to hold more water in. So mm-hmm. you want to always apply your moisturizers after your shower, after your bath, when your skin mm-hmm. is still a little damp. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to hydrate the skin once it's dried out or mm-hmm. once the evaporation is already underway. But when you get out of the shower of the bath and your skin really feels um, smooth and moist. moist, that's when you apply the moisturizer to help hold it on. So that's a simple alteration. Now, is there a particular type of recommendation to, uh, for the creams? Uh, uh, would they be heavier creams, uh, very lightweight creams? What are some of the recommended weight level and on the types of consistency formulation right. of the creams? Lighter lighter creams tend to have more water and less oil, so those are okay. more like the lotions. And then the heavier moisturizers, the creams and the ointments, have relatively more oil and less water. Mm-hmm. So you can pick a, according to your degree of need, um, but as you get older, you need to move away from the lotions and more towards the creams and the uh, ointments because you mm-hmm. need more and more sealing, as it were. Now, you know, when we think of dermatology and skin, we think of our complexion. And we're going to take a moment with our sponsor, and we'll come back with the complexion and some of the things that are not vain to me, uh, myself, doctor. I really think the cosmetic surgery is a huge plus. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a moment from our, with our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Nature's Fears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing the eye with just a mist.
You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Glogal, I want to ask you the complexion is the mirror of life. And uh, we look at it from childhood up to, like you said, aging. What are some of the secrets to a very clear, slowing aging complexion? Well, um, you know, if you ask most dermatologists, they'll tell you that uh, most of uh, what you see in the face that you don't like as you get older is going to be related to lack of uh, ultraviolet light protection, Uh, particularly the longer wavelengths of ultraviolet UVA, uh, which can go through glass, through the windshield of your car, through clouds, through fog, uh, promote a lot of uh, changes in the skin that are responsible for wrinkling and also the color and pigmentation changes that you don't care for. So um, in order to keep yourself looking as uh, young as possible, one of the things you need to think about is the amount of sun exposure that you do get and uh, either modifying your sun exposure in terms of seeking the shade and using a hat and some protective clothing, and then um, sunscreen when possible. Now, the sunscreen has had a lot of different reports. Mm-hmm. Educate us about sunscreen. Well, um, the sunscreens are, are agents which can block these uh, wavelengths of ultraviolet light, and I think um, there's a lot of confusion out in the general public. There is a lot of confusion. <laughs> uh, part of it's... Uh, Um, due to the fact that there's not a a well-described, standardized way of describing uh, or rating sunscreens. Most people are familiar with the numbers that appear on the sunscreen packages, the so-called sun protection factor or SPF numbers, Mm -hmm. and these range anywhere from 4 up to 100 now. Now, when you apply a sunscreen, and I'm going to think for the audience a moment, do you apply a different one on the, on the complexion than you would, let's say, on your, on your arms and your chest and your back and other parts of the body? Well, it's a, as a pragmatic matter, I think uh, protecting your face and the parts of your body which are normally exposed to the sun require a higher degree sunscreen than mm-hmm. the, the rest. But to some extent, it depends on what you're doing. If you really plan on being out at the beach all day, then you do need to use a high number of sunscreen on your body because of risk of skin cancer and melanoma. 
but in terms of uh, cosmetic effective aging, um, use a higher number for your face on a daily basis. It, mm-hmm. it makes sense in the long run. In other words, when you're, especially men, forget um, if they're after they've uh, washed their face or had a shower and they've patted dry, that's the time to apply the sunscreen. Correct. And uh, I like to tell patients if you use a little bit every day, um, then on those days when you forget, you'll still have a little protection and exactly. better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, um, back, uh, I want to understand cosmetic surgery that is happening. There's the Botox and there's others. Um, what is available out there for a person who wants to learn something new? Can you give us a secret today about some of the new uh, different treatments that are going on? Well, I think a lot of uh, change in appearance as you get older has to do with the loss of uh, volume, changes in the uh, fat uh, volume uh, and the soft tissue of the skin. And some of the more interesting things that have uh, come to um, the profession in the last 20 years have to do with replacement of volume using uh, materials like hyaluronic acid gel. These are normally uh, found compounds in the skin which actually are capable of holding uh, 30 to 40 times their weight in water. Mm-hmm. And uh, these. So, and that's the, that's the secret is holding back that weight in water. Yes. Not to lose all that uh, moisture loss because uh, that's what causes the aging is all right. that dehydration. And I think m- most of us who are using some of these injectable fillers, uh, which are hyaluronic acid uh, gels, have really been fascinated at how the quality and texture of the skin. Uh, itself begins to improve over time as you uh, put these hyaluronic acid gels back underneath the skin, which are mm-hmm. capable of holding on to water. Mm-hmm. But it's been nice because it's given a whole avenue of uh, really minimally invasive uh, rejuvenation uh, for people. You can avoid How uh, often cold steel surgery be- and yeah. uh, use some of these naturally occurring uh, substances to replace hydration back hydration. into the soft tissue and, and give Now, let's say a person comes in and has a treatment. How often do they come in to uh, have it again? Well, a lot of these uh, newer hyaluronic acid gels are lasting uh, up to a year fairly oh, routinely. Oh, so, good. Uh, I think you can look for continued improvement as the techniques get better. Mm-hmm. And the techniques are getting better. Oh yes, it's a it's a booming industry. Uh-huh. Everyone in the baby boomer group wants to look a little bit younger and a little uh, more plump, and then not so <laughs> such crow's feet and that's right. drooping eyelids. And that's right. Now, what do they do around that eyelid when it starts to droop? Well, same thing. I think a lot of the hyaluronic acid gels are being used around the eye, and mm-hmm. uh, of course, we can use um, uh, things like Botox to relax some of the uh, muscle. Um, overactivity to lessen the crow's feet and the wrinkling. Uh, and then we're very interested in the topical uh, uh, therapies. They're, you're going to see more and more uh, things coming to the market involving uh, substances like lycopenes and uh, resveratrols, which are naturally occurring substances in nature that have very potent uh, anti-aging effects. Uh, along with the uh, work that's occurring in the Human Genome Project, I think we're beginning to understand the microscopic and molecular basis of these agents much better. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is not going unnoticed by the cosmetic industry. They're taking a firm interest in, in this area. 
I think they should uh, take an interest in it. You know, um, I didn't mention uh, to you earlier, but I'm also the founder of Nature's Mist. It's a tissue culture grade water for right. facial misting, but it's tissue culture grade. Mm-hmm. It's not just a spring water of uh, uh, mineral water, and it is it is acidic at 6.4. Well, we know but, it's a, a terrible problem. I think I recall my colleagues telling me in ophthalmology that over 50% of women uh, post-menopause have uh, severe problems with dry eyes. So it's a, it's a well, that's the nature's problem. tears I missed. We yeah. have one that originally got me into water therapy years ago, and we were at the high-end cosmetics and research and development and the cosmetic companies, uh, the Lauder Group, the Chanel Group, L'Oreal, and I could go on. Uh, we had the only uh, one that had tissue culture-grade water, fine mist, and able to uh, with a 6.4 pH range. And when I'm coming in, what I'm what made me think of it is the Botox. Mm-hmm. Is when you're uh, getting when you're using the Botox is keep your skin hydrated, drink a lot of water, and uh, it could become a very exciting, even healthy side of your yearly treatments. Mm-hmm. It would not bother the cosmetic industry whatsoever. If anything, it creates more vanity to take better care of your skin, I would think, wouldn't you? Well, I think anything people can do to uh, look after their well-being, is uh, I'm all for it. And uh, what we're working on is uh, an improvement in appearance that goes hand-in-hand with better function and health of the skin. And vanity, you know, doctor, I often said uh, when I was out there for years doing personal appearances and running around, that don't be concerned about being vain. That means you care about yourself. You know, I looked back and studied when our forefathers came to America and those beautiful, those boats and beautiful trunks of gorgeous wardrobe and things, and they opened up the trunks and they went to work to survive, and they almost were embarrassed to be vain. And I think it's not embarrassing to be vain. That means you're going to take better care of yourself. And the skin has to be... Uh, the number one uh, priority. If you're taking care of your skin, everything else comes together. Um, now, tell us about uh, skin cancer and what is happening um, out there in our world. You know, I know we have Argentina. I've met with scientists from Argentina. I guess it's the number. It is the number one um, uh, problem is, is kill, uh, taking people's lives over in Australia. Australia is uh, an. Un- Interesting experiment of nature where a great many fair-skinned people were moved to a part of the world where there's an intense amount of sun, and it's really had uh, a lot of uh, serious consequences Mm -hmm. for them. Yes, it's the highest uh, incidence of melanoma in the world, Um, but they have uh, done... I think a fairly good job of educating their public and taking uh, steps to try and protect themselves from it. Um, it, It's not, uh, I mean, it's against the law in Australia to send a child to school without a hat. Um, They have uh, sunscreen uh, available and they have uh, play structures which provide shade on the playgrounds of the schools. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's a a national uh, public health uh, issue there. Now, what about Argentina? I was with a scientist from Argentina who absolutely is, could hardly wait for uh, save a child's life to get a foundation to get into Argentina and start educating children. But they have a problem there that is also creating a new laws 
that people cannot be out certain times of the day because of the way the ultraviolet rays um, and they're learning, they're trying everything they can to educate families and the children. Well, there are a couple things. One is that we know that the worst ultraviolet B damage occurs uh, at the height of noon. And uh, it's ironic, of course, that we send all our school children out for recess uh, at yeah. lunchtime. It's been a major uh, education for the pediatric dermatologist for some time. Secondly, uh, there is some evidence to suggest that a lot of the risk for skin cancer in adulthood really starts with exposure to ultraviolet as a child, and um, a lot of the damage occurs before the age of 14. So you want to. It's almost like that hidden, hidden under the skin. Uh, follow me and disagree with me if you don't agree. Uh, but it's uh, you know here's this baby born enters in the air they breathe from the water bag the air begins to absorb out take out of them uh, individual uh, dehydration happening. How do you know without a moisture meter, doctor, what is happening to that child that's hidden beneath the skin until all of a sudden it may be a warning sign, but people are looking. At, at other uh, symptoms today more mentally than they are looking at the skin. And by the way, doctor, I found there's no education with children and eyes. So it's not only the skin, it's the eyes, which just shocked me. Uh, out of every 250 babies born, there could be a cataract. And by the time they're a certain age, there's a vision impairment that they didn't t- detect. I'm also going to go along with research saying same thing happened to the skin, uh, doctor, is We've got to get that education into the schools. Uh, I have this thing. I'm very boring. I don't think there's anything. Every child is perfect. There is no imperfect child. They're depending upon the rest of us for their education and the craving that they're willing to learn more about who they are, how to take care of themselves. Well, I think that uh, sun protection is sort of like uh, seat belts, and um, you know, there's no question that putting a seatbelt on before you get out on the highway makes mm-hmm. a difference in your survival statistics. And I think uh, you have to wonder when you go to the beach and see small children out all day without any sun protection, you're not really doing these kids any favor. So it's really up to us as adults to teach kids how to use uh, sun protection responsibly. And it, it what about indoor conditions, Dr.? You know, when I was studying all these years is the uh, the other time in history when they got very conscious of financial savings with energy, they closed up the buildings with insulation, insulated windows and walls and then put in forced air heating and cooling, and now we have all these fabrics and, and, and bedding and all these chemicals in the fabrics. Yeah, what we, is your we, thinking on indoor? We see indoor? patients uh, who complain of uh, irritated, uh, itchy, mm-hmm. who probably have uh, suffered from the, the sick building syndrome. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are a lot of potential allergens in the environment that are probably uh, intensified by closed environments. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one more thing you have to, to wonder about. Now, has the dermatology... Uh, group of all of you, have you been concerned about the H1N1 and keeping teaching people how to wash their hands and and be thinking about proper hygiene and 
Is that part of your education? It is, and uh, not only H1N1, but the uh, MRSA epidemic, the outbreak of uh, drug-resistant staphylococcal bacterial infections has really uh, become a major concern for um, things like public schools and Uh encouraging uh, uh, kids to wash their hands and uh, uh, keep... uh, elemental level of personal hygiene makes a big difference in in spreading disease. And getting proper sleep. And you know the other thing I've been offering is don't forget to change the bedding. Sometimes people will cheat one week, and the bedding is so important uh, for them to think about clean bedding and at least once a week and drinking enough water and eating properly and resting and try to prevent the Mm -hmm. flu and not to say, oh, my gosh, I think I have the flu too. Um, before we close today, is there anything you'd like to offer from this classroom for people to be thinking about their skin and where you come from with your mission of concern? Uh, no, I think it's just uh, a, a plea to ask people to think uh, about the amount of uh, sun exposure they're getting and use a little common sense. Nobody's asking you to live your life on door, indoors or underneath a shade tree for your entire existence, but uh, like I said earlier, I think moderation is the key to most of these things, and uh, taking a few small steps to cut down on your total ultraviolet light exposure will make a big difference in terms of your function, your uh, risk for skin cancer, the way your skin looks and feels, and after all, that's the the face that you're putting forth to the, the world, and you want to take care of it. And there could be some time, I think, that maybe... That research may prove that the skin has an enormous play with, if it's too dry, that could cause a lot of mental stresses. Well, there's no question that if you look good, you feel good. And uh, uh, we w- we want people to uh, not become obsessed with their appearance, but to take care of themselves and benefit from looking the best they can. Healthy skin. Right. Well, I appreciate all your time and joining us today, and I hope you'll do it another day. I think there's a lot of things we could have covered, too, but we seem to do a fairly good job of getting through quite a bit of education for everyone. And I, I think you cut through quite a bit of material. Well, I think I we did, too. I appreciate you taking the time. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, and thank you for all your work. And, and uh, I always call it a mission. You Obviously, there was something in your life that you decided to become involved in dermatology and maybe something not something else that maybe would have been um, a lot of doctors I found that when they get into a different particular choice, it's because of something that fascinated them. Well, it's uh, kept me uh, interested all these years, and I look forward to doing it for many more, I hope. <laughs> well, thank you for your time, and you have a nice day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. We cannot stress how important your skin is. And remember, don't lather all that soap. Put a little bit of soap in the palm of your hand and think that's enough. Uh, Always rinse well. Drink a lot of water. Eat dark green vegetables every day. Sleep right and try to detoxify and flush your skin. Keep it clean. Uh, Don't overdo it. In other words, moderation is what Dr. Glogal suggested. It is very important. And I have a feeling that you'll be fighting the flu and common colds and allergies. You'd be surprised how when your skin is taken care of and healthy, you may be a healthier person and also mentally. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with just a mist, to supplement the eyes because of dry eye. And then we're going to go back with Jerry Barnes, who is a global forest genetist, 
and you'll be fascinated. He's going to teach us a lot about what's going on with this planet all the way to New Zealand. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature Cheer I Mist, and we'll be right back. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Jerry, how are you? Well, I'm doing fine, Sharon. How are you doing? Well, uh, we're excited about the show. Uh, you've been on with us before, and uh, the show is syndicated now. And uh, the education that we're able to offer to Green Talk Radio and Twitter and iTunes and World Talk Radio is becoming exciting, Jerry. And I thought today would be uh, exciting. Uh, we've had some doctors and PhDs on discussing global climate changes. And when we've had you on before, we've discussed the globe and what's happening with genetics. And I know you go to New Zealand a lot. And uh, I'd like to hear a little bit today uh, for our audience to hear about some of what you've been learning in the last year about what you think is happening out there on our planet, if you've seen any changes. And then we knew that New Zealand recently had an earthquake, I believe it was, a very powerful one. And there was a prediction that someday there could be a very powerful earthquake. Uh, but give us some education of what you've been learning about our forests and the genetics of our planet. I'll be happy to do that, uh, Sharon. Uh, your focus is water and mine is forest. Um, yeah. And uh, forest and water resources of the world are interdependent, so it's always a, it's always a good exchange. You know, a healthy and vigorous forest base cannot exist without a stable and abundant water base. Mm-hmm. And the reverse is true, as you well know. In the continued existence of an extensive land base of woody-stemmed, long-living plants is essential if the biotic environment, as we know it and depend on it, mm-hmm. is going to continue to exist. Mm-hmm. Now, and of course, that's depending upon different continents and what's happening. I've been learning a lot about the plates of the planet through a lot of different... We had a, a doctor on here recently, a scientist, 
Dr. Uh, Dwayne Cecil, who was with NASA for quite some time and now with the U.S. Geological Survey Group. Very fascinating with what's been going on. And one of his biggest focuses is the water, Jerry. Um, when you're out in the world and you're a genetics expert, have you noticed that there's a change in the climate, or are you going to call it global warming? I accept global warming for what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, if you look at the long-term trend, I, I don't want to sound like a, a, uh, a doomsayer, but uh, if the current trend in global warming, urbanization, population increase, and resource pollution continues, mm-hmm. the lack of potable water and water for food production will soon be humankind's most pressing problem, as I see it. Now, you're talking agriculture. It's all biotics. Yeah. Yeah, and the forest. And of explain course, is a big to our audience, though, you, so. Jerry. Explain to our audience the definition of biotics to you, so they can understand that. Biotics. Uh huh. Yeah, that's life. Life. Okay. Animal and plant, and okay. it's, it's the whole ball of wax. And they can understand when you mention it. Sometimes uh-huh. these these classrooms are fun because then they can learn the dis- descriptions of different guests. Okay, so we do know, for example, Jerry, I have in front of me. The uh, population grew around the world last week at 58,000, this one here, 1,473,159 people. Uh, It's growing every week. The growth of human life, the ecosystem of life on this earth is very powerful to the influence of this planet. So, And then, of course, the water consumption, but it's also the more people on the earth for food. Uh, for agricultural reasons. Now, when you're in the genetic side, what are you learning out in our forests that the forests are being affected? Because the forests are so important to putting more moisture in the air and retaining moisture into the ground and the aquifers. Well, as you know, my profession focuses on providing genetically improved uh, forest tree seed mm-hmm. in sufficient quantities to serve uh, the reforestation and reclamation needs of the client base mm-hmm. that's involved in my work. Mm-hmm. And uh, this seed allows us to produce greater vigor, quicker reclamation, and a, a superior resource mm-hmm. for that involved land base. So it's able to tree with the... Now explain the pine cone. You know, a lot of us look at a pine cone. We, uh, until Jerry, I had met you telling this, me that that pine cone has a seed that can be reproduced all over the world. Tell us about the pine cone seeds. Well, a pine cone is simply the uh, reproductive organ of a tree, mm-hmm. uh, a pine tree, so either a pine cone or a fir cone or whatever, and uh, it holds the seed that that seed produces, that tree produces, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's the it's the main met- method of propagation for forest trees, mm-hmm. and. Um, on a percentage base, if we provide the improved seed I'm talking about, uh, we can return to the environment the same level of resource and ecological input as a land base that is 20 to 40 percent larger. So it's very meaningful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, our company has for decades assisted many organizations, private and governmental, mm-hmm. in their forest genetic programming here in the USA uh, as we implement this gain in the forest resource and the health of the forest. 
And uh, we have also, and this is where New Zealand comes in, we have also established a number of what we call forest seed orchards in New Zealand mm -hmm. to produce seed for global reforestation, reclamation, and expansion. Mm -hmm. And uh, New Zealand happens to offer an ideal environment for forest uh, seed production, and that's coupled with a willing partner to do the work down there. So that's why we are there. Now, in New Zealand, um, when they decided to uh, forest, create a forest land, is it because the old, the other, they did not have any original forest? They were they were different kinds of trees, or they decided where they cut down and they need to reforest? What was happening to their forest? Well, it's kind of an interesting uh, history, Sharon. There's a um, New Zealand does have native trees, of course, um, mostly hardwoods and beaches. Okay. And uh, but uh, there's much land in New Zealand that has no uh, tree, uh, no tree stands on it. It's uh, grassland, mm -hmm. and it could. Uh, the theory is that either there was a really large fire or a meteor um, strike mm -hmm. that wiped out a lot of the forest uh, okay. years ago in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of acres down there. Yeah, New uh, Zealand is like an island. Yeah, it's not surrounded by water. It's, it's surrounded by water, and it's two islands. And it has a yeah. lot of water on the, on the island. Yes, it's got some very tall Fresh mountains. Uh, they call them the uh, the Southern Alps in the South um, Island. Uh -huh. And uh, there's a lot of fresh water. And um, so it happens to be an ideal place for us to grow uh, mm -hmm. seed. Mm -hmm. And um, now, do you go there uh, to grow the seed to become a new seedling tree? and then sell those trees to other places in the world? Well, what we do is sell the seed. Okay. The people, uh, it's much easier to distribute the seed to those people that need it, and then they mm -hmm. grow their, their own, own seedlings. seedlings in their various nurseries across the mm -hmm. world. And, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, Jerry, how long ago did you decide to become a genetics expert uh, in time? In the well, past? I've been working in the uh, genetic field for you know, all of my career, which began back in 1953, mm -hmm. and it just happens that that's the thing, that was the thing I got started in, and I, mm -hmm. I love the work, and I've been doing it ever since. Mm -hmm. You've been traveling around the, the world. I worked for the government, U.S. Forest Service, for 20 years. Yeah, you've been to China and got them fascinated, and mm -hmm. you've been exploring with other people all over the world what you believed was the future, and starting way back in the 50s. Yes, yes, it's... Uh, uh, back then, I was involved with uh, forest tree disease, a uh, particular disease known as the white pine blisterus disease. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I worked in the management of that kind of programming for uh, many years. In fact, I still do a little bit of work there. So, uh, You know, you've been in New Zealand so much, uh, quite often. What about uh, the latest uh, earthquake they have? Um, is, that, is that very common there? Because I guess they had quite an earthquake there. Well... Uh, they did. I guess it uh, didn't affect much of the inland uh, area, but it was it was in the ocean base and was quite a, a big earthquake. You know, they do have them quite often down there, but uh, nothing that has done a lot of damage in the last few years. And there's been a rumor out there and, and printed that someday there could be a disastrous one, and eventually in time there could be no New Zealand. Have you ever heard that story? Well, I've heard that, but I've also heard that about the Pacific Northwest. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, what happens, happens, I guess. But in the meantime, we, we do our best to keep all of our land base uh, as productive as possible. We've only got a minute left. How many seedlings or how many seeds do you, uh, let's say, a tree, a, a choir a year that you send all over the world? Well, when we uh, when we put our trees in the seed orchards and uh, they become uh, you know ten to fifteen years old, we make about a pound of seed on the average per tree. Uh huh. And each seed orchard has several thousand trees in it, so we uh-huh. can make a lot of seed that will help uh, reforest and reclaim a lot of land in the world. If somebody wants to come to your website. What is it to study more? Well, uh, the, uh, the one that uh, the New Zealand um, website is uh, under the title of the Dusky Dusky Forest Seed. D U S K Y Forest Seed. And that would be the best uh, website for them to go to. Okay, and can study more. Well, thank you for joining us today. It was and, my pleasure. Uh, I know you're very busy. This is your busy season, isn't it? Yeah, they have the cones are starting to come in. Yeah, well, I appreciate you taking some time and joining us today. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you. You have a nice day and tell everyone I said hello. I sure will do that, Sharon, and you do the same. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, Earth does have secrets, and you know the water is so important to all of us. And the show and all, did you notice Jerry, and you heard Dr. Glogau mention how important it was to drink water for supple skin, detoxification, healthier skin. And then the forests all over the world needs water. 1.4 million children die every year because they don't have enough water on our planet. It's so important that every year that you need to understand around 60 million children in the developing world are born into households without access to to safe sanitation and to try to prevent disease. And can you imagine how many children are missing school because of that? There are 40 billion working hours that are spent carrying water every day in countries like Africa and around the world. Can you imagine carrying a bucket of water on your head every day to have enough water for your family? Stop to think how important that is. It could happen to anyone at any time when there's a drought. Think of the California farmers. My heart has been with them because they provided for the world an enormous amount of food. Look what's happening this year. They don't have enough water and the billions of dollars in the economy that are lost and then the rest of us also will not have enough food on the table because it's an enormous source of food for us all over the world coming from California. But they didn't have enough water. Just remember every day when you get out of bed, you are an enormous secret to this earth. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life every precious moment. It's your life. Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye. Leave your footprint. You are important. Give back to all of us. And when you're gone, you will be immortal. I want to thank you for listening and have a nice day. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.